Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 52. Hope we're all having a fantastic day as always and a really, really good week since we last spoke. So on a bit of a road, the podcast at the moment, actually really enjoying doing them again and adding some some value, particularly around the dieting phase and which I'm in now at the moment, which I want to provide as much value as I possibly can. But since the last podcast, you guys will have known um, that we discussed the new free community site that we've launched. And I think it was a day or two out from launching it in the last podcast, but I'm pleased to announce that it is it is definitely launched right now. So I'm going to leave a link to this in the uh, in the show notes in the description. But pretty much what this is, there's a there's a member space for all Team Josh Can conditioning clients, and um, but there's also a free member space. This is going to have a full video exercise library broken down into each body part. So if you want to find exercises to train your back, you can find that in here. If you want to find exercises to train your chest, your glutes, your arms, your abs, all of these are going to be in there. And there's also a stay motivated section with lots of updates and cool updates in there. There's a podcast and YouTube recommendation section in there, which I'll put put up on a week to week basis. And you'll also be able to see my um, uh, physique shots and and check ins each week and the changes that we're making, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. So you can get an understanding of how that works. But the main one is going to be the value. There's lots of. Uh, free resources in there via PDF. So transformation blueprints and things like this, how to calculate your calories and what are macros and all this kind of stuff is in there ready to rock. But then also little mini webinars anywhere between six and 10 minutes on peri-workout nutrition, which we're going to discuss today and which I'd like you guys to go and have a look at into a little bit more detail. Um, Peri-workout nutrition, stuff on digestion, stuff on just uh, uploaded my supplementation advice yesterday training program design, all of these in here with lots and lots of value. So this is all completely free of charge, by the way. So if you just hit the link in the um, in the description, sign up, put in your details in there, and then enjoy all of the free content as well. But I want to get back to the podcast anyway, but I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in there. And if you have any questions about it, please, of course, let me know. But today's podcast is all going to be about retaining muscle tissue in a diet. And this is such an important variable when it comes to dieting, if not one of the, the largest variables when it comes to dieting, in my opinion. I think that a lot of people when they go into diet, it's just about fat loss, as much fat as you can possibly achieve, fat loss as you can possibly achieve, but it's also how much muscle can we retain? Because if you lose six kilos of, of weight, but it's it's all muscle, it's, you're not going to look visually different. You're going to look exactly the same. So we need to be trying to retain as much muscle tissue in this phase as we possibly can. So there's kind of five, but actually I've even just since I've, since I've talked, I'm actually going to add in as we're talking here, number six. There we go. We're going to go for six topics. So I just thought of one as we were talking there. So number one is going to be mindset and this is going to sound a bit funny how does mindset going to retain muscle tissue when you go into your sessions and when you go into your diet as a whole your mindset is going to dictate you know what you're doing in the gym but you're going to discuss a little bit a little bit uh, after without this you're done like if you don't have a rock solid mindset that you're going in you're going to battle every single day in the dieting phase your energy is low your desire to train is low your motivation is low all of these things and kind of that negative, you know, talk to God, I'm, I'm going to train poorly today. My performance is going to be poor. The minute you start to let that creep in is the minute you lose all your muscle. 
you have to have a rock solid mindset for this. And that's the number one priority for us is having a rock solid mindset when you do get into your sessions. Okay. So that's number one. And that pretty much leads into number two is going to be having objective goals to hit. And by that, I mean, having a logbook. So do you need this? No, but for me, it's probably the clearest way to be able to tell yourself, are you losing performance in the gym? Because for me, is this 100% backed by science and literature? Not really. Okay. Not, there hasn't been like a clear cut yes and no, but if you start losing performance and progression in the gym, or you lose performance in your lifts in the gym, that for me means that we're losing muscle tissue because without that stimulus, there's no reason for that muscle to stick around. So the best way for you to actually track, are you holding on to this stimulus is going to be through those objective measures, i.e. the logbook. That's why I'm a massive advocate of a logbook year round anyway, for you to track your progression in terms of your, your improvement phase or your off season. Am I beating myself each week? Am I creating a further stimulus? But then in a dieting phase as well, you can see, am I losing performance? Am I creating a, a lesser stimulus to the muscle tissue? So having the objective goals, i.e. literally writing into your logbook, you know, RDL, this is my, my logbook tomorrow, RDL 170 kilos for five reps. I'm going in there to try and make sure that I retain five repetitions, because if I can do that, it's 100% better likelihood of me, sorry, that's an awful phrase, much, much higher likelihood of me retaining muscle tissue in the the muscles trained in RDL, the glutes, the hamstrings, the, the back in general, the erectors, if I can retain those logbook numbers. However, like I said, coming almost back to point one, when you are tired, when you have less carbohydrates, when you had a poor night's sleep, when energy is low, when your desire to train is low, when your motivation is down, you walk through the gym, if your mindset isn't in that session, those are the times that you start to leak performance. So it's really important to have all your ducks in a row. But like I said, coming back to point one, it's got to start with the mindset first. It's got to start to lean into the tough stuff, lean into the hard stuff. You have to be ready for a dogfight every single session. So objective goals and, and retaining logbook numbers is fantastic. If I went in and got my RDL, let's say for 170 for five reps, that's job done, right? Not really. You know, if we now start to, number three is not leveraging our movements. If we start to leverage our movement patterns to retain logbook numbers, that means that the internal stimulus is, is going to be off. So it's going to be different. For a little bit more information on this, I have a new YouTube video or a YouTube video, excuse me, up on internal versus external stimulus. Really important one for you guys to look at dialing phase and improvement phase. But in, in essence, what that means is the external stimulus to that RDL is 150 kilos for five reps. External stimulus, the load and the repetitions. The internal stimulus is what's actually happening inside my hamstring, my glutes, and my erectors, my back. Okay, the internal stimulus. So if I now go and I have a perfect RDL, perfect execution coming in and out, beautiful cadence and tempo and range with 170 for five, but the next week then, I still get 170 for five, but it's much quicker. I'm not taking as much range of motion. And the yeah, and I'm not taking as much range of motion. Okay, let's say. Is that the same as last week? Have I really retained logbook numbers? No, uh, excuse me, have I retained the logbook number? Yes. Have I retained the external stimulus? Yes. 
But the internal stimulus to my hamstrings, glutes, my back is definitely going to be reduced. And remember, your body has no idea what is on the bar or what's on on the cable stack or what's on what the dumbbell that you've picked up. It doesn't understand that. It doesn't know that. All it can sense is the tension between the muscles. All it can sense is the internal stimulus. So if we're leveraging our movement patterns, you know, lifting the hips in an incline press, not taking as much range in the RDL, speeding up our hack squats, yes, we're retaining logbook numbers, the external stimulus, but we're not actually retaining the internal stimulus. So just make sure that you have that nailed in, that we're not leveraging patterns and that we're not losing internal stimulus. Number four then is going to be correct peri-workout or pre and post-workout nutrition. So like I said, there is actually a a section to this. I think it's a seven minute little run through of of kind of how I like to program pre and post-workout nutrition and how that looks comparatively to, let's say for instance, we have four meals a day. If you have your pre and post-workout are going to be two meals. How does that look comparatively to the other two meals a day in terms of the macro splits. So I actually break down what my, how many carbs, how many fats, how many protein into the pre comparatively to the post and comparatively to their two meals a day. Really useful uh, lecture for you to go, guys to go and have a look at. But having correct peri-workout nutrition is going to be key. So you want to have the highest carbohydrates. Remember that carbohydrates are the main fuel source for anaerobic training, the main fuel source. So we need to make sure that we load that around the training window. So adding carbohydrates into pre-workout comparably to the, so if my meal four today or on a training day, it's going to be less carbohydrates than my pre-workout and my post-workout. Definitely, because I don't need as many carbohydrates then. So adding higher carbohydrates around the workout window would definitely be advantageous. Um, and trying to keep that those those the highest carbohydrate meals around that workout window itself. I'd also advise adding a little bit of fats um, into your pre-workout meal to slow down digestion so we don't just shoot through that food really quickly, but actually removing. So what we're going to discuss here doesn't really have anything to do with post-workout. It's more about the workout itself in terms of retaining muscle tissue. Um, But you have to think of the session after. So on a a Thursday, if you have a workout, your post-workout nutrition is leading into your session on Friday. So with that said, then I would have protein carbohydrates for sure into your post um, workout nutrition, but I would remove any additional fats because we want to try and speed up digestion. Okay. Again, I won't go into too much detail. Lots of that covered in the um in the webinar um, that we discuss. And then hydration electrolytes as well. So correct peri-workout nutrition, having that around the workout 120 minutes before you train, 60 minutes post-workout hydration electrolytes as well i I always know sometimes when i'm on the gym and i can feel i'm a little bit like thirsty or something i just know the first thing i need to in the door is just get more water in i'm usually very good but sometimes i get into a bit of i'm sure you you guys can relate to this as well you get into a bit of a workflow you know you're working away you forget to fill up the bottle i'll do that in 20 minutes an hour passes and you have to go to the gym and you're like god i haven't drank anywhere near enough water so making sure that, you know, if I'm training at 12 o'clock, I'll probably have close to two and a half liters before I've trained. Um, and then also with that as well, then I'll have my electrolyte supplement first thing in the morning. And then I'll also have um, 
six grinds of pink salt into my pre-meal and then a little sprinkle of low salt and which is much higher in potassium as well. Um, also, I think I, I said this as well, just from a supplementation standpoint, I know I get a lot of questions on this. There is a supplementation webinar as well and running through my advice for health supplements, performance supplements, nervous system and, and recovery supplements and all this kind of stuff as well. And which we'll go to, into that in a little bit further detail, but making sure you have electrolytes around the workout window, even in intra-workout as well can be really useful. So the next one is going to be uh, reducing volume. So a lot of people think when they get into a dieting phase that they should be doing more, you know, more reps, more sets, you know, more sessions, more frequency. But actually, this is probably going to lead to more muscle loss than muscle gain or retention, excuse me, because the more you do, Think of it like like uh, intensity and and volume are kind of antagonistic. The more intensity that you do, you you need less training volume, and the more volume that you do, you can't provide them uh, the uh, as much intensity. So when you're adding more volume into your workouts, it's going to result in less intensity. It's going to uh, result in less performance. It's going to result in less stimulus. If you're providing less stimulus, it's the first thing that happens when muscle gets thrown out the door. So we need to make sure that we're upholding our performance, upholding our, our stimulus. And if we're going into sessions and adding more volume, that's going to be really uh, have a negative effect. But also what we can do is actually reduce volume. To be honest, is mo most times for dieting phases, for myself or for clients, the thing that we'll do is actually reduce volume over the dieting phase. If, if clients are on three working sets for a hamstring curl, you know, at the beginning of, of their diet, they might be on two at the very end. If they're doing three working sets for ladder raise uh, variation with a rest pause set at the end, they might be doing two only and no rest pause set. We're removing any junk volume because if you find that you're in a set where you do, a, let's say, a hamstring curl and you have three working sets in there, one set of six to 10, two sets of two sets of 10 to 15. You do your first, yep, good stimulus. You do your second, God, that was bloody hard. And your third just feels like, oh my God, I can barely move this thing. And you're just dropping reps left, right, and center. Every session, it's dropping reps, dropping reps, dropping reps. Definitely remove that third set. And even think about the second set. Are you able to uphold performance in the second set? If you're dropping reps and performance and load on lifts, that's probably telltale sign to mean that you might need to reduce your volume. You'd be surprised at how much muscle you can retain on very, very low volume when intensity is incredibly high. Reduce the volume, you can increase your intensity then in your session and therefore retain more muscle tissue. And with that then as well, obviously the use of deloads, many a time, especially in preps, you know, the use of deloads are very, very applicable because you might get to a stage where you're literally trying to put the foot on the pedal and train as hard as you can. There's just no gas in the tank. So think of it almost like a little operation slingshot is what I like to call it with clients is, is you're pulling yourself back, running your deload or D volume is what we'll do. Redu big reduction in volume, no leaving reps in reserve. And then you can come back in swing and then the next week and trying to create that stimulus again. The sixth and final point, which I actually added in um, as we were at the beginning of the podcast, if you guys remember, is not too much rate of loss or not too fast in terms of rate of loss. If you're dropping two kilos a week, every week, likelihood is you're not going to be able to retain. If you've run a, a really good off season prior to this, let's say, or an improvement phase, if you're losing you know, a kilo and a half, two kilos a week, and you're a 
90 kilo individual, that's much, much higher than 1%. That's over 2% of body weight loss per week. There's no way you're going to be able to retain logbook numbers if you're doing that because you're literally digging yourself into a hole. So the the goal is to to slow down rate of loss into like 1% of body weight loss per week. Uh, So if you're a 90 kilo individual, that's 0.9 kilos a week. If you're a 70 kilo individual, that's 0.7 kilos a week. I'm okay for it to go a little bit higher than that, but definitely not 2%. Like for that 90 kilo individual, 1.8 to 2 kilos every single week will just be so much fatigue. So less is more in this respect. Slowing down your rate of loss um, is really going to be beneficial as a whole. Okay. So retaining muscle is revolved around, and of course, number seven, protein intake. You need to keep a positive protein balance as well. I will advise kind of two to three grams per kilo of body weight. Um, anywhere in that sweet spot, you're doing a really, really good job of high bioavailable protein. So that's going to be you know, your, your chicken, your, your beef, your mince, your eggs, your protein powder, your vegan protein, tempa, soy, all these kind of st- things will be a higher bioavailable protein and um, source this will be really beneficial. So we'll call it seven. So protein, uh, of course, but, but pretty much training is going to be driven by mindset more than anything, having objective goals to try and hit on a week to week basis via the logbook, not leveraging movements, correct peri-workout and hydration, peri-workout nutrition, hydration, actually reducing your volume, potential use of some deloads, and not having too quick rate of loss. Other than that, guys, so not other than that, I haven't even said it yet. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. Please keep sharing the podcast and your stories. I really, really do appreciate it. The final thing I will say as well here is that we have just opened our intake for May for online coaching and for anyone who's looking for support, guidance, direction, training program design, nutrition uh, protocol, supplementation advice, all that kind of stuff as well, and getting into the best shape of their life, make sure you hit the link in the description, apply for coaching and book a free call in with myself. Other than that, guys, I will see you in the free community. Cannot wait to uh, see all of you in there and interact with all of you guys as well. But other than that, we'll catch you in the next one.